Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Thank you, thank you. Amen, amen. God is good. He just uh, exposed my age to all of you, I guess I can. All right. All right, just reminded me how old I'm getting, right? You just uh, start approaching 50, you're like, wow, it's over, right? You just keep going, right? Well, praise God for that. Age is just a number. I'm as young as you can think. All right. Agile, able, healthy, praise God for that, amen. That is our portion in Jesus' name, amen, amen. How many of us woke up this morning and had a very wonderful breakfast? (laughs) That you haven't had in 21 days? You are like, wow, finally I can return to the days of a very, very wonderful breakfast. We praise God for uh, finishing our 21-day fasting and prayer. It was a wonderful spiritual exercise, I believe, for every one of us. I believe our prayers, our study, our, you know, consecration has brought us better into alignment with God. That's, that's, that's the real key, that we are aligned with him, we are in tune with him. We, our heart is aligned with his heart. And, you know, our spirit is aligned with the spirit. You know, we're able to really walk in line and receive what he has for us. When we are aligned, we are guided, we are blessed, we are secure. You know, we, we are settled, we are peaceful. See, a place of alignment is a place where things happen not with a whole lot of stress. You know, because you're just in the position you're supposed to be spiritually with God. And I, you know, I just believe God has done that for many of us in Jesus' name. Uh, But let's keep on aligned. The most important thing is not just to be aligned, but to stay aligned. Amen. Uh, We also want to stay prayed up. We don't want to just say we've done 21 days, then bye-bye with prayer. That's a very religious mindset, right? Jesus says, abide with me, right? That is, stay aligned with me. Just, it's not just, you know, connect and go. No, abide with me, all right? If anyone abides, because we are like, uh, uh, we are like branches, right, attached to the vine. Uh, just abide. You know, the, the branch doesn't have to labor. The branch doesn't have to, you know, go to the ground and look for nutrients and look for food. It's, this, the vine does that, right? The vine does that, grows into a root and search all over. The branch just has to be connected to the branch, I mean to the vine, right? And what happened? The branch flourishes. Uh, the branch even bears fruit. It appears like uh, the branch is the one bearing fruit, but really the branch is just connected. Its connection is what makes it to be able to bear fruit. And that is what I want us to have, just have in mind. 
praise the name of Jesus. Also, our church corporate prayer resumes today. All right? Amen. And it resumes powerfully and vigorously. So because uh, there's a lot to pray, prayer doesn't stop. So in this church, we have daily prayer every 9 p.m., seven days a week. For those of us not aware. Now, we do not expect you to join all the seven days, right? We expect every member to join at least one day. If you consider this church your home, we expect you to join one day of prayer. You know why that is important? Because we are covering each other in prayer. So what we have is we've divided each day into topical prayer, prayer for our families, prayer for our financial blessing, prayer for our spiritual life, prayer for, so we have, you know, prayer for businessmen, businesswomen, there's a day of that. So there's prayer topic for each day, all right? So we just expect some people to be praying one day, right? At least we divide ourselves, that way we make sure our house, our family is covered with prayer on an ongoing basis. It's almost like the way they built the, the wall uh, of uh, Jerusalem, right? Some people will be resting while some people are building, all right? That way, everybody really get to rest while some people are working. So the, you don't have to pray every day. Just pray one day for 45 minutes. Uh, you are sure that other people are praying the other day for you, uh, and that's, you know, that's what God wants us to do, to pray for one another. Not praying means you just want to be a receiver. You don't want to be a blessing to others, all right? So we don't want it to be like that. We want all of us to care so much for each other that that care and love motivates us to pray for one another. You see, the love that cannot motivate you to pray for people is not a genuine love. Jesus even says, pray for your enemies, I mean, if, you are, if, if Jesus says pray for your enemy, I think you should pray twice for your friends, right? More so for your family members. So that is what we are trying to do, and I want to encourage you tonight to do that. Can you display uh, the, 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 prayer, the, the phone number, the teleconference number, for, just for people who are not, you just, who are just trying to get into this. So that's the prayer line. I think you should save that on your phone and just call it Agape Prayer Line so you don't have to worry about it all the time. And the good thing is you don't need a code. You don't need anything. You know, you just pray. Just commit to one day before God and do it. And you're going to see that it's easy to do, all right? And it's very, very rewarding. And you're going to really, you know, receive the blessing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Is that clear? Praise Jesus. So, Father, we thank you today because your word is quick, your word is powerful, your word defies circumstances, roadblocks, limitation. Your word has so much power and grace that it is self-fulfilling because you said your word will not come back to you void. They will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. So when you send your word, that word goes out loaded with power and ability to accomplish. And I just pray 
that I will speak your word. I will be so aligned with you this morning that the, the words of my mouth will be the words that you intend me to speak. You know, just like you told uh, Ezekiel, just like Ezekiel said, I prophesy as I was commanded. Cause me to prophesy as I am commanded. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. My message today is, uh, is short. Hopefully, when a pastor says message is short, you be careful. That's when the spirit comes and they can't stop. Amen. All right? But I, I think I have a word that will, you know, just, just encourage you. I want to talk about, and I want to continue our message series that we've been talking about, The Blessed Life. Uh, we've been talking about the secret of walking in God's blessing. The blessed life. That is the life of a believer. I wanted to say my life is a blessed life. That's a believer. A believer is blessed in Christ Jesus. You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A, a believer's life is a blessed life. And a believer must walk with that consciousness. You know, I think sometimes our situation around us wants us to redefine who we are as not blessed, uh, you know, and, and therefore we begin to respond to negative uh, stimulation that is going on around us. Sometimes, you know, maybe, you, are, you know, lack of job, no money, things aren't working out. You start not seeing yourself as a blessed person. A believer is blessed, not because of anything, but because in Christ Jesus, they have God's inheritance. God already declared you blessed. Amen. Uh, so, and we've been talking about this. Hopefully, you've been attentive, and I want you to go back and listen to the past messages. We've done three messages, and today is the fourth one. Uh, I will start by reading Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24 for today's message, because I want to talk about walking in blessing, walking in blessing, all right? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24, uh, uh, I will read uh, in NIV version. I'll read about two different versions, but I'll read NIV first, which says, set out now and cross the Anon Jog. See, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, the king of Heshbon and his country. Begin to take possession of it and engage in battle. So Deuteronomy as a book, it's a very unique, it's like a summary. Uh, it's, it's like uh, Moses just summarizing. It's a summary of the journey before. It's like a farewell message by Moses before he was taken up uh, to heaven. Because we all know that Moses didn't enter the promised land uh, because, you know, of uh, indiscretion. Uh, the Lord allowed him to see the promised land, but he did not really possess the promised land. So he unfortunately was not part of the blessing. But before he left, he knew that was his, you know, that was his Lord. Joshua was going to be the one that was going to take over. And Moses had trained Joshua, worked with Joshua for many years. Uh, or Joshua had submitted to the tutelage of Moses. And so God chose Joshua as the successor uh, that was going to actually take them into the promised land. For 40 years, it was just a promise. For 40 years, 
the land was a promise. Now it was about to become an experience. And I have a feeling many people here are carrying around promises that they are yet to experience. And I pray over your life that the Lord will usher you into a season of experience. A season where the prophecies, the words spoken into your life, you know, will be a reality in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, and our life can be like that. You know, sometimes we carry upon us loads of promises, loads of, you know, a word spoken, you know, and we can carry them for a very long time. There are many things that can elongate, you know, uh, our time, that can elongate that time, that time in between. Of course, we know for the children of Israel, it was really lack of discipline, lack of faith in a lot of ways, delayed their ability to truly walk in their blessing. You know, there's so many things. So it wasn't necessarily God's plan. God was ready. So God was waiting for them to be ready for the blessing. Next week, we're going to talk about that a little more. And I'm going to talk about, you know, my, my topic is can you stand being blessed? Because many people want to be blessed, but can you stand being blessed? We're going to talk about that. But today, I'm, yeah, let me just walk you through that. So it was delayed for 40 years, uh, you know. Now uh, it was time. In fact, God waited for, to weed out a lot of people among them. And a lot of people, I mean, people who were 20 years and above when they left Egypt. God said, you know what, these people, I just want, I don't want them. They're not, you know, God waited for all of them to be gone. And he said, I'm taking the new. Now, in the spiritual, that means a lot more than just people dying. That means there are things in our life that God needs to get rid of for us to actually possess the land. You know, you know, you know this Bible says we should lay aside every weight. You know, there are some weight in your life. There are some mindsets in your life. You know, in fact, we can, we can really, really... Uh, uh, Make that to mean, attribute that to weight. So those people that died in the wilderness, they are weight. They are mindset. You know, because they carry certain mindset that was not going to really uh, allow God's will to be done. That was not going to fit into the new land, in, into the promised land. There are so many weights in our lives that God is trying to shed off, you know, that is delaying your promise. You, your experiences. So for many years, you know, it was just a promise. Uh, the promise was real. There was no, there, you, there's no doubt. God was not changing his mind about the children of Israel actually having Canaan. That was not going to be an issue. It, they were going to be there. The question was when. The question was when are they going to be ready? My question to you is when are you going to be ready to really experience God's promises for your life? God's blessing for your life. When are you going to be ready? When are you going to be so yielded, so surrendered, so aligned, you know, that, you know, by the time you get there, we are sure it's God. There is no fleshy part of your life that is trying to take credit for what God has done. You're ready for the experience. You are ready for what God has in store. You're ready to be used. You're ready to, you know, maybe it might bring popularity and God say, maybe this person can bring popularity. Sometimes blessings might bring lots of money. God say, you are not ready for the money. Sometimes blessing can bring lots of fame and you are not ready for the fame. 
Sometimes blessing can bring a lot of power and authority. And God said, you're not ready for the power and authority. You're going to probably even use it to destroy other people's lives. And God said, you know what, I'm going to wait for you to be ready. And there's so many of us who feel that way. You just know God promised me this. He promised me this. Promised me a big house. You know, promised me, you know, lots and lots of money. You know, I have a lot of promises in my life. And God is saying, when are you going to be ready? The question is making ourselves ready for what God has in store. Praise the name of Jesus. So Moses began to uh, give this speech. And at the end, and he, and he began to really remind them, this is what has been going on. And he said, you know what? I have given into your hand. And I think I, God said, look, I have given. The question is, do I want? The question is never, do I want to give you, Kenna? You see, the question is, with God, is never, do I want to bless this Christian? You are already blessed. I want you to say, I am already blessed. God is not about to change his mind, whether you are blessed or not. God is not about to, you know, in fact, when God, one thing about God, he promises he can't even withdraw. God, God that's, that's weird. He's calling, his gift and calling there without repentance. That God, I mean, and sometimes it's, it's weird how God operates, but that's God. You just have to fall in line. I mean, you, you, don't, want, you don't want him, that, that you go. God doesn't change for us. The most important thing is to understand God. There are, things, there are a lot of things about God that are confusing, right? That are weird. You can't fully understand it. What, that's an example. God says, you know, my gift and calling are without repentance. I just don't change my mind. I mean, there are some people that God, you know, God has blessed you. He's not going to change his mind about your blessing. No. It's, so you are blessed. And you should know and be convinced of that. The question is, and very important question. Are you, are you ready to be prepared to receive and to walk in the blessing? So he said, I have given into your hand these people. But you need to begin to take possession of it. Taking possession is actually walking in blessing. I'm going to read that verse again in uh, the uh, English Standard Version. That's a very old version. That's the version I read in when I did Bible knowledge in uh, high school. Very old version, ESV. Uh, Rise up, set out on your journey, and go over the valley of the Anon. Behold, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Eshbon, and his land. And he's saying, begin to take possession and contend within in battle. Now, you're still going to contend. And sometimes that is where maybe some people miss it. You're still going to contend. You're still going to possess. You're still going to actively do something, even though God has given you the land. Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm going to talk about a few, you know, what are the, you know, what are keys here, especially I'm going to use, because of lack of time, I'm not going to read a lot of scripture, but I'm going to refer you to most of what I'm talking about will be references from Joshua. Obviously, I will link it to the New Testament because we are New Testament believers of how these actually happen, you know, how they actually possessed, how they walked practically into really 
taking possession of the promise that God gave to them, which is the land. Praise the name of Jesus. But the first thing is, the, the, the first thing is faith. They needed faith. And I use that as a background because lack of faith was what delayed them. You know, and I think it's important to know that they found it, they could not believe God. They could not truly trust. They could not truly trust his word that he actually said it. So they were double-minded. They changed their mind several times. And that was really the problem that the children of Israel had. That every time they, they encountered challenges, every time they encountered disappointment, you know, their attitude to God changed. Uh, and, and it happens to a lot of people. And unfortunately, the problem with that is it delays our experience in God's power. How does disappointment change you? How does challenges you face change your view of God? There are so many people, unfortunately, that every little disappointment changes their view of God. They are shaking. You know, they are weakening. In fact, they go as far as questioning God's faithfulness, God's love for them, you know, and these are believers. I, I mean, I, I've seen so many people do this a lot. That once they have a disappointment, they are angry at God. I mean, just think about being angry at God. Just think about that. Does that even... God, I mean, your anger doesn't move God. I mean, God is not that temperamental, emotional, easily just moved to say, oh my God. Oh my gosh, he's about to get mad at me. I better change now. No, God is God. And he will always be God. If we all decide today that he's no longer God, does that change him being God? So God does not need us to be God. We need him to be man and woman. Did you know, you know that? So God doesn't need us. So we need to have a, a solid orientation of our heart Never to question God's faithfulness, God's love, regardless of what is going on with us. Now, we will face disappointment in life. We will face it. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. If you're young, you haven't faced it, you're going to face disappointment. You're going you're to take an exam that you must pass, and you think you've done your best, and the result is going to come out and is a failure. And you're going to feel so much like a failure, and you're going to feel like, Oh, maybe God has abandoned me. Maybe God has disappointed me. I've even really, you know, oh my God. I mean, everybody, what are they going to say about me now? Of all my friends, I'm the only Christian and I fail. Everybody passed. God, what is wrong with you? You're going to start feeling like say those things to God. You need to caution caution yourself and say, no, there's just some, something you don't cross when it comes to God. You know, crossing those bridges further delays your promises. Further shows that you are not ready. Further shows that you are not prepared for the big thing. Because let me tell you, even the place you are going is full of challenges. You know, that place, that big house, oh my God, is full of challenges. The bills, 
the maintenance, right? You know, all those things, the taxes if you're in New Jersey, right? You know, it's full of all those things. So, you know, those things, you know, there's, there's, with, you know, someone's put it that with every level there's a devil. Right? Next level is next devil. <laughs> you know, you, you can, you know, you might want to have a big church. Big church comes with serious headache. You want to have a, you know, a wife? Oh, yeah, a wife comes with some. <laughs> so is a husband. Oh, my God. So it's good to understand that God wants you to be ready. I mean, there's no, the higher you go, the higher the pressure, the higher the challenges. You know, that's, that's understood. So you must understand that just set your mind. You're going to face disappointment. You're going to face challenges in life. The enemy is going to make you feel like this is the end. It's never going to, you're never going to make it. It's a lie of the enemy. The enemy is going to try to say, you know, look at what God did to you now. All this, your Jesus, Jesus, what, has, what have you gotten for it? That's a lie. So you have to really, really prepare your mind to be all in with God. I want you to say, I'm all in with God. I'm all in with God. The good thing about God is he can, someone can be like a failure today, tomorrow they will be the biggest success, right? I mean, look at our new president. If you really read backstory, he was condemned even by his own people that he couldn't really be a president. He was a vice president to someone that decided, you can't succeed me. You're not as smart. You're not as sharp as the Secretary of State. So imagine your own president that your vice president decided to endorse a Secretary of State when you really wanted to run and he said, you can't. He was actually despised as intellectually, really. Story says they will even make fun of him. He can't really, it's not necessarily that. He doesn't have the level of intellectual curiosity and all those things to be an effective commander in chief, you know. And look at what happened within a space of five years. <laughs> the person that was supposed to be didn't win, and this person, he now become president. So, so some things in life, sometimes you can really be like, you're a failure today. Everybody around you think you can't. Two years, things can be tremendously different. What I'm saying is, as believers, that should actually be easy for us to believe. Why? Because we have pages of stories of God's faithfulness. The problem is we don't even read them. We don't go through the scripture and see, oh God, you've done this before. Wow, you've done this before. Look at, look at stories of faithfulness. Look at how God turned things around. Look at how God made a road in the wilderness. Look at how God made river in the desert. Look at how God turned failure into blessing. Look at how God used people who were not even usable. Who are not, look at how God did all these things. I mean, we have pages of that that we can look at and really believe God that he can actually do it in our lives. Problem is we don't even look at that. We don't read them. We don't read them by the Spirit. We don't check. We listen to our 
what is going on around us, we are more aware of them than being aware of what God says. We must change that if you are going to walk in God's blessing. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, you know, it's not short anymore. I'm only having a very few minutes. I'm getting into it. I warn you, when the pastor says he's going to be short, he might not. Praise Jesus. But let's get into what Joshua did. So Joshua took three steps once he took over, and I think that's what I want to share with us. Three things Joshua did to really make sure we walk in blessing. For, for 40 years, they were just, I mean, if you look at the map, it was just like moving, circling around. I mean, 40 years. I'm not talking about 40 days, not 40 weeks, not 40 months. 40 years, they were circling around. Somehow, they were not able to get in there. Now, God said, Joshua is going to do it. Or Moses, let's go. Joshua, I believe the Lord obviously gave him strategy. This is what you're going to do. The first thing Joshua did was to circumcise the people. And that's, it was the second circumcision. <laughs> he circumcised them. If you look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 2, at the time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knife for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. <laughs> second time. They were already circumcised. God said, no, I need a second circumcision. That means I need a consecration. I need a greater level of dedication. Dedication to me. Full commitment. Full dedication to me. I need it. And that's the first thing that must happen if we're going to walk in blessing. Walking in blessing means we trust him totally. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, right? And does not add any sorrow. We actually trust the blessing of the Lord. We actually trust the blessing, no matter how he looks, sometimes his blessing doesn't look like a blessing to us. So we're, you know, we're just looking for a way to manufacture our own blessing that we think can pass as a blessing. All right? So sometimes we try to do that. Sometimes we try to really, you know, just to go our own way. No. So dedication and consecration means I'm willing to really give it all to you. I'm willing to accept this is you. I'm willing to say this is, you know, this is, I'm willing to do, uh, to give you a full dedication of my heart, consecration of my heart to you. So that's the first thing Joshua did, circumcise everybody for the second time. Is this circumcision in the New Testament is obviously not physical circumcision. You know, I think I was sharing in the last few weeks about we need to understand some of the things that changed going from the Old Testament to the New, some of the things that stopped. Circumcision was something that changed. It's many change. Circumcision in the New Testament becomes that of the heart. That's what the Bible says. It's circumcision of our heart. It is a full commitment of our heart, right? It is a full, it's brokenness and full commitment of our heart to God to fully see him as our source. To, to believe that he's, he has a good plan, his plan is great, his plan is wonderful, and I can submit and I will submit to his plan. I believe the Lord is calling a lot of people here to a second circumcision. Yes, you're born again, but you're not fully dedicated to the Lord. 
Yes, you are born again, but you are actually living your life the way you want. You know, you're not submitting to his plan. You're fighting him internally every day. <laughs> you don't want his plan for your life. You're resisting. You're resisting him. And you are constantly fighting because you seems like you don't want his plan for your life. And each time he's revealing it to you, you're fighting. Wow, how can you win a fight with God, with Jehovah? How is that possible? It's not possible to win a fight. The sooner you surrender, the better. Because you can't win. Thank you, thank you for that, praise You can't win. So this, this, you know, so it's good to really say, you know what, this is, I, I accept your plan. All right, I accept your plan. Many of us, that's where we struggle. We have ideas in our mind, what we want to do, what you want to marry, where you want to live, what you want to do in life, how you want things to be. Constantly is a struggle. Constantly is a fight. You know, you need a second circumcision. Second circumcision. Without that, you're going to find yourself fighting with God constantly. In fact, you're going to find yourself praying against God. <laughs> how, can you, how, can you, how can that prayer even mean anything? How can you cast out the Spirit of God? <laughs> it's not possible. You're going to bind the voice of God. You're going to come against it. <laughs> right? But it's not going to happen. Reminds me of a story of... Uh, of these religious folks that just, uh, you know, every day they just, uh, they pray and they like to use big words when they pray. You know, so they pray and they say, Father, we adore you, exhort you, we magnify you, we, you know, they use all those high sounding words and they move and they say, devil, we bind you, we castigate you, you know, we just, you know, we destroy you, we, we they, you know, they like to use those big high sounding words. So they have a little boy you know, eight years old, that he's always watching the prayer and just love those kind of prayer. And we'll write those big words down every day to say, you know, one day it's going to be my turn to pray. I must really be able to use this word. <clears throat> the problem is he didn't even know the difference. He just knew the big words. So one day they called Junior to pray and they said, Junior, it's your time to pray. And Junior said, Father, we just bless you. We just magnify you. We just rebuke you today. And we just castigate you today. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 no. All those words are not the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's important for us to truly, truly dedicate ourselves to God so we are not resisting the Spirit of God. We're not living our life. You can't walk in blessing when you are opposing the blesser. On it, you know, in your heart or on a daily basis. Number two thing they did was they chose to fight. They actually stepped in and fight. See, the thing about children of Israel is they were really, really weak people in real life. You know, don't forget that they were for 430 years they were slaves. They couldn't fight. 
uh, and they, 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 so they've lost all kinds of self-esteem. They've lost them. They've lost all kinds of the will to step in and take possession. They've lost it. They went, the will to just do that. They, they always, they spent all the 40 years in the wilderness crying. One, you know, they were always whining and crying. There's no food. They're crying. I wish you were in Egypt now. You know, we'll take a lot of whip, but we'll get some food in the evening. That's such a, what a, what a mindset. A lot of punishment, but at least they will supply us food. So when they were hungry, they, they lacked creativity. They lacked strong will. They lacked all these things they lacked. Every time there is some issue, they are cursing out Moses. Moses, is your fault. I wish you were still in Egypt. And eat our cucumber. I mean, for, you know, frustrated, frustrating people. That was their life. They've lost the will to really step in. They just wanted things to be thrown at. If it's God, it's just going to come. No, God expects you to step in and fight sometimes. God expects you to step in and fight. And that's what Joshua took them. Joshua was an action man. He took them and he said, we're going. They're like, really? Yes, we're going. And they, they stepped in. Now, there were a lot of mistakes along the way. If you really read the book of Joshua, they had all kinds of uh, mistakes, but they, they stepped in from city to city. If you read the book of Joshua, they began to take possession. From city to city, they fought. They claimed each territory. You know, now, they made a lot of mistakes. You know, there was a theft that caused them a lot of problems, right? You know, there were some issues that happened. You know, they were deceived by some of the enemies in Gibeon at some point. They were tricked into making alliance. They paid a price for that. I mean, at the first few years, they, they, were, they made all kinds of what we call um, uh, amateurish errors, right? Because obviously, fighting, uh, spiritual warfare, you know, you make missteps. You know, if you start really stepping into, you know, fighting for your possession in the spirit, right? There will be missteps. There will be missteps. But as time went on, they really became very good. You know, it was over. They, had a, they developed a strong army that was willing to fight, and they went undefeated virtually. Possessed. They only did not possess the land the Lord told them. Don't worry about this because you're not big enough. You're not large enough as a, a population to occupy the entire land. And the Lord said, just... Because if you, if you fight and defeat everybody, you have the entire land, you know, even wild animals will, will, will become a problem. So they were able to do that because they were willing to fight. So many people are not willing to fight. So many people are not willing to accept defeat. So many people are not willing to contend for defeat, contend for, you know, whether it's in the job market, whether it's in the business world, whether it's in relationship. You know, so many people are not willing. So people give up easily on their marriage. They're not willing to fight. You must be willing to fight for, for it. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your financial security. You know, 
you know, we're doing the PC University. That's a fight. That's a that's a that's a something to register for to say. I need, if I'm going to experience financial peace, financial prosperity, I must fight for it. It's not going to be dumped on you. No, you must go in and fight. If you're going to have a successful business, you're going to go, go out and fight for it. But you're fighting not for victory. You're fighting from victory. You're fighting as a blessed person. You're fighting as someone that recognized that God has given me the victory. I just need to step in and fight. God wants to bless. God has blessed us, but we need to step out and fight. And that's what the Israelites did. Joshua took them. They stepped out and fought. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, we're not fighting with uh, bows and arrows. We're not fighting with sword, right? Our fight under the new covenant is a spiritual fight, right? But it's spiritual, but it's also practical. That's what I'm saying. It's spiritual, but it's practical. There are practical things we do. If you're going through married challenges, go see a counselor. Pray together. Do whatever you can. Don't give up on it. God gave you the marriage. God gave you the wife. God gave you the husband. Fight for their salvation. Fight for their deliverance. Fight for them to really be what God wants them to be. Fight for the marriage. Fight for your business. Don't give it up. The enemy is attacking it. The enemy wants to take it. The enemy is not. No, fight for it. Do whatever you need to do. Learn. Get mentorship. Get somebody. Go on your knees and step out. You must fight for it. You must fight at someone that knows that they are blessed. Fight for your career. Fight for it. Don't give up on it. Step out and fight. It's a promise, but it's a promise that you must step out and fight for. Praise the name of Jesus. Fight the negative thoughts. That's an area of fight. First, Second Corinthians tells us how we fight. We walk in the flesh. We do not walk after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, right? And every thought, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We must fight every negative thought, every negative agenda, everything, every stronghold, everything the enemy uses. You must fight. You must fight so you can really walk in the blessing. The enemy knows you are blessed. He's just putting up the last resistance he has. <laughs> Hoping he can dissuade you from saying this is too hard and I'm going, I'm going away. No, you are closer to your breakthrough than you can imagine. Don't give up. You are very close. Just hold. Hold it on. And you're going to see your victory. In Jesus' name. That's the song that the choir gave to us. I'm going to see a victory. Right? The battle belongs to the Lord. You are going to see the victory. In Jesus' name. The last thing they did, and I, I saw, I will read this from Joshua chapter 18, verse 1 through 5. Joshua chapter 18, from verse 1 through 5. The whole assembly of the Israelites gathered and set up the tent of meeting there. The country was brought under their control. The country was brought under their control. But there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. <laughs> they are still this, is, this is chapter 18 now, maybe 18 years later. There are still seven tribes who had not received their inheritance. So Joshua said to the Israelites, 
how long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land? So they were still chickens. They were still like so, it's still, it's still taking them time. I mean, they're still so afraid, afraid of possession, afraid of really being responsible. One thing about blessing, blessing brings responsibility. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are now responsible, right? You're now responsible. You have a child, you are now responsible. You have a family, you are now responsible. You have a home, you are now responsible. You have a ministry, oh, you are now responsible. You know, you can't, you can't disappear anymore and just not show up. Sometimes I laugh when people say, I can't come to church, I, I feel tired. I'm like, wow, I wish I can say that. Tired or not, I'm here, right? You know, because you, you're just responsibility. Blessing just brings some responsibility for you, right? That's very important. Very important. So, and that is every level of blessing brings that. So these people are just, how long? Shall you wait before you begin to take possession of the land, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? And, and he just said, appoint three men from each tribe. I will send them out to make a survey of the land and to write a description of it according to the inheritance of each. Then they will return to me. You are to divide the land into seven parts. Judah is to remain in its territory on the south and tribe of Joseph, you know, I'm going to stop there. See, Joshua began to give them strategy. They were not motivated enough. They were, they still could not imagine themselves. There's something still missing. So they were still squatting with the other tribes. You know, they were still kind of, you know, waking up and, you know, squatting and sleeping in other people's living room, you know, or basement or just, you know, they are just... They're still like, you know, oh my God, this vast land, what are we going to do there? I mean, must envision ourselves blessed. You must be able to envision yourself in your blessing. That's a very strong motivation. Envision yourself in your blessing. These people could not. So Joshua was giving them some, some, <laughs> some, some tricks, right? So just divide the land. You know, just so... Go there, survey the land, draw the map, and just divide the land and begin to plan what, what you're going to build in it. Begin to imagine yourself, how the city center will look like. You know, begin to imagine the roads. Begin to imagine how you're going to beautify this place. Begin to, begin to feed your minds. Many of us, we feed our minds with doubt. We feed our minds with jargons. We feed our mind with negativity, not with the dream that God has put in your heart. Just imagine yourself. And that's why association is very important. Begin to associate to people who, who are walking in the blessing. Begin to see yourself in that blessing that God has called you to. Begin to imagine yourself there. Begin to, you know, feed your imagination, feed your mind, feed your heart. Begin to envision yourself walking in your blessing. That's a very, very powerful representation. People who are not able to really envision themselves cannot develop enough faith. Will be too attached to their place of comfort now. 
and they will miss the place of their uh, blessing. So many people are, are like that. So afraid. So content with where they are. The fear of just stepping out. And they are not able to. And that's because they have not been able to overcome the negativity in their mind. They have not been able to have strategy to see themselves walking in the blessing. When you see yourself walking in the blessing, it creates the internal stimuli and it actually activates the force of favor over your life to actually be able to walk in your blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord give you peace. May the Lord give you grace. May there be an increase in faith from the inside of you. May there be an increase in a strong desire to walk in God's blessing, God's plan, God's prophecy, God's word over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. May the Lord open your eyes of understanding to be able to see yourself walk in your purpose, walk in your blessing, whatever that may be, whether it's to touch the whole world, whether it's to touch your, your community, may the Lord allow you to be able to see yourself, envision yourself walking in his blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're online or you're here, you're watching and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I'd like to pray for you. You haven't truly accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You cannot truly say, Pastor, if I die today, I am at peace because I know I'm going to spend my eternity in heaven. If you're here, you are not able to say that. That's a very sad thing to, 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 to not be able to do. The good thing is you can change it today. It's a step of faith. If you're here in the auditorium and you like to say, Pastor, I want to be sure. I want you to step out. Just stand up where you are, and I would like to pray for you. It's a step of faith. God bless you, my sister. Any other person in the house? If there's anyone watching online, there are hundreds of people watching online. I want you to stand up where you are and just put your hands on your chest because I'm going to walk you into a prayer. I'm going to just uh, lead you into a prayer. I want you to say, Jesus, I thank you because you died for me so that I can be saved. Today, I realize salvation is not something I can work for, but it's something that has been paid for. It's a gift that you're willing to give to me if I put my absolute faith in Jesus Christ. So today, I declare Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. He died for me. He was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. All because of me. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me and wash me. Make me a child of God today. I thank you in Jesus' name. So, Father, I just commit these ones unto your hand. You are able to keep them from falling. Those will come to you through Jesus Christ. And I commend them to you and to the word of your grace that is able to build them up and grant them an inheritance among those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.